Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. To all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 299, Life in the Fast Lane, number 12. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And if you are new to the show, if you joined us for the Fast 10 experience, welcome. This episode is going to be, there's, there's going to be a lot of Fast 10 talking here, a lot of news, a lot of emails, but we're not talking specifically about the movie today. We're talking about, you know, our lives. We're talking about news we're reading some emails we're gonna do a minute of the too fast too furious movie we got all sorts of things so hopefully i mean bail now you, you've only wasted 30 seconds so yeah that go fine that's is an fine. option for sure thank you for the download or the stream whatever um but otherwise you know hang around have some fun i do want to remind people that hall of fame voting for the too fast too forever fast and furious hall of fame is now open we're gonna have that open for a few more weeks so cageclub.me slash vote for that please and thank you you also as mentioned on past episodes we have a patreon page oh i gotta add larson's name here hold on we have a patreon page too fast to forever.com where you can get bonus episodes we got a bonus episode coming up in a week or two we would do we do basically about one a month or more early access to every episode we will send you handwritten notes stickers other merchandise other swag love and affection too fast to forever.com and shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, D. Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole Lot of Wolves, yeah. Michael Moser, Christian Larson, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon. Tez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. Plus, if you support at that level, you get your name there. At the higher level, you get the name in the episode description. Why would you not give us money other than it's a bad idea? But please do it. Anyway, I will say, Joe, meet new $1 patron. Meet Chris Cura. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's been tweeting at us recently. Yes, but he joined he the family at the $1 level. So shout out to Chris. Thank you, Chris. He's doing it right. Chris gets the bonus episodes. He does, yeah. I was well, I, well. We asked about catching up on episodes, and I said honestly, like the sexy time after dark behind the paywall episodes with Brian Rodriguez are worth the dollar itself. So they truly, truly are. Um, we have lots of emails, though, Joe. We have so much to talk about here today. I think we can get to everything, but we'll find out because you know we got nothing but time, so on and so forth. Lane sends a video. This is from a few weeks ago. He sent a video to a TikTok. The TikTok is a minute and 40 long. So, Lane, I apologize. I did not click this link till now. We will watch it later. We'll report back later. Jerry sends in a picture. I'm going to send you a picture on Facebook, Joe. It says, best ID cards ever. He says, saw this on Facebook. They are driver's licenses, fake driver's licenses for Brian Earl Spilner and Dominic Toretto. If you could just have one of these, like if you could like have one of these in your wallet as a fake license, which one would you want? Would you, would you want the Dom one from California or the Brian Earl Spillner from Arizona? The Miss Arizona one. I would take that one for sure. I would actually like it with my picture on it too, not Paul Walker's. Well, I mean, sure. You know what I mean? Like I would be Brian Earl Spillner. Brian is an organ donor, at least from this. Uh, Dom not. Oh brutal that kind of tracks character wise you think yeah i think dom would be like 
like Italian enough that he would be into the conspiracy theory that they're going to kill him and take mm. his organs like a lot of my older relatives were. Got you. Okay. They they thought organ donor meant that like when you go to the hospital, they don't treat you. So well, yeah, there was a whole can... thing like, oh, they see it on license. Like they're not going to save your life. Yeah. And it's that's not how any of this works. No, it's like Hippocratic Oath unless you're an organ Exists. donor, in which case, fuck yeah. off. Exactly. Yeah. Please die so that you can help other people live. Jason Ramey commented on a past post. Remember we were talking about, like, uh, it was Dame X Dom, and I'm like, Damien Lillard? And it was just Dame Helen Mirren? He yes. says, as an Oregonian, I would love to see a Damien Lillard X Dom spot or a Dame X Dame Helen Mirren spot. Laughing emoji. Yeah. Let's get Dame in there. I'm surprised that there's not more sports people that don't have cameos in these movies. So it seems like the go-to for these movies is obviously musicians, right? It's yeah, like uh, international yeah, that makes musicians. sense. Yeah. But if you remember in Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, uh, there was, was it Ronaldinho? No, it wasn't Ronaldinho, but it was some huge football player, footy player, soccer player who was in that. I'm surprised, like, maybe not, you know, NBA players, because that's, so, that's pretty heavily US-centric, but like... Give some 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 soccer players, right? Like, what are yeah. we doing? Yeah, it was it Neymar. It was Neymar. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, but I think so too. I think that there's probably like we, we, I don't know how we haven't included a soccer player yet. It's weird. It does it because like it feels like a spot that like one of them could show up and just you know like kick a ball or even just like you know like what what we got the spot in this one that you had the two people in the airport that would be like the perfect spot for. Instead of Debbie Ryan and what's her when what's his name? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We didn't have. I think we talked about months and months ago. I'm sending you on on Facebook for later the TikTok. Didn't we talk about possibly having like an F1 cameo? Like, oh, that would we make said, sense. Yeah. And like there were there were none, right? There were none in, in Fast Ten, right? There were no, no definitely F1 not. Racers. I would have recognized it, but um, it would have been really cool if you like like Lewis Hamilton should be in these movies in passing at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it would make so much sense. Uh, it's race weekend this weekend as we're recording. Why not? Look, they're doing things right. They made $340 million or whatever, right? Or $320 million. Like it, it, They're doing fine, but it just feels like these seem like slam dunks, right? So, I don't And it know. should be an easy spot. Like, these are international guys. They're pretty recognizable for, like, internationally. And, like, I, I'm sure that they want to be in them for, like, a five-second cameo. It'd be perfect. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Lane sends in, so this is again from a couple weeks ago, so we only read these, we really only read these emails every three weeks on the fast lane. we used to read them every episode, but now we read them every three episodes, basically, and he sends in his pre-fast 10 rankings, so he's got one to 10 here, he sent in rankings a while ago, um, we'll see if they update, he also said, correction and omission, airborne is rollerblading, sorry to pick nits, I wonder, did I say skateboarding, maybe? I said something, I talked about airborne having like this great, wordless final act but I yeah you, i think you did say skateboarding yes but yeah it's rollerblading which is cool okay from the bottom up joe do you want his rank- rankings from the top down which he gives one to ten in that order do you want ten to one up which one which way do you want play it as it lies just like you right. sent them number one the og never to be displaced which was his number one before number two tokyo drift best driving worst lead that went up one okay it used to be number three now it's number two number three is Fast and Furious 6, which also went up one. The best action movie of the bunch? Well, I mean, five, but you know. Plus, I was ready to separate the movies from reality by the time this one came out. Number four is F9, which is 
still pretty high for F9 because I feel yeah, like for our, everyone, yeah. And five isn't in there yet. So turned it. I know it fell to. It used to be his number two. He says, "Love Han coming back. Wish they hadn't spoiled it." Number five is five, which is up one. I just couldn't make myself believe the safe scene at the time wasn't yet on board with the lunacy. Bill Simmons and how did this get made? Got me on board. Number six, Fate of the Furious, up two rankings. Best action set pieces with flimsy connective tissue. Okay. Number seven is Too Fast, which fell two. He says the R34 skyline makes the movie. Sketchy races bad guy. Number eight, he calls it Ampersand, just number four. Fast and Furious, number four. Okay. Props for another R34 that fell one. Number nine, this is this is kind of low for this one. Furious 7 drops to number nine. Deckard is Deckard, a mass murderer or a good guy. Every retcon drops this mishmash movie farther for me. And then number 10, right where it was, Hobbs and Shaw, Maddie, great, Hart, great, Samoa Chase, fun. Two hours of dick measuring and the dumb virus plot, bad. Also, cyborgs, question mark? So... I, I wonder if he, if after he saw 10, if 5 jumps back up. I don't know. We have a lot more emails to get to. We'll see if he sends in another. I know, because I, I remember I teased on the episode with Mike, who was definitely Mike and not Brian. It was, it definitely, was definitely Mike on that Mike. episode. It absolutely was. Not even joking, not fucking around. It was definitely Mike. This is a thing for one person. It was definitely Mike, and it actually was Mike. Even though we're stressing it that it makes it sound like it wasn't Mike, it was definitely Mike. It was 100% Mike. We teased on that that Lane sent in other emails. We read the first of a few, so we're going to get to those later. So I don't know if he sends in updated rankings, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, someone bought a Brian's Supra shirt, so shout out to them in oh, Fast very 10 cool. Fever thank the you. day the movie came out. So thank you to them. So now the Lane email. So he had written in previously on Too Fast, Too Forever. He said that he was bringing his daughter to see Fast 10. It was her it first, was the first one Fast she saw. Movie, yeah. And she loved it. So okay. he's like, we're going to rewatch the first one. So Friday night, he te- he emails in saying, Brian wins the quarter mile to the train. So he was all excited about that. Spoilers for the first movie. Then he sends in a, a thing called 2F2F. And this is a picture, which I will send to you right now. And he says, I think they like it. And it's a very cute picture of his daughter, see. I presume, and their dog watching too fast, both in the same pose. On their bellies, watching the TV. Oh, they are. Oh, is it a Frenchie? It looks like a Frenchie from behind. I think it probably is. That's a cute bean. But yeah, they're both watching in the same pose. Oh. Is that Frenchie wearing clothes or does it just have like part of a blanket draped over it? I can't tell if that's like a shirt, but it's like a watermelon cherry style shirt or part of a like a little. Yeah, Yeah, it's really cool. So it seems like she's into it. And the dog also may be into it or just, you know, tired. But yeah, seems like you got a winner. So that was I think the so. thrilling conclusion. So it it's seems actually like... close to right around where we are in the minute. Like it was like right before it. They're in the mm, fashion district. Yes, yes. You're not too yes. far off about what we're about to talk about, bud. So Lane does not send another more any more emails. So I wonder, Lane, let us know if you are continuing to watch these. If you are past number two, because I would if love they to got know if, they... if they got the two though, that's a good sign. You know what I mean? Like yes. she watched ten in theaters. She went back and watched one. She was like ready for two. Cool. Good. Jerry sends in F10 and then 11 and 12 predictions. He says, finally got time to write in. Although I have three days off a week, I'm doing a lot and now have a system to listen to all my podcasts, LOL. Joe 2, man, that next gen idea of the series is perfect. Dom and Letty retire. Dom works at a school and a new person is the new quote unquote Dom. 
but in antagonistic ways. And this is where Spy Racers comes in. Dom defends Tony, then trains him. Kind of referring to Z, Tokyo Drift, to an extent. I'd be down to watch it. That also kind of sounds like uh, Cobra Kai. Is it? I've never watched Cobra Kai. I know you and Wes have watched it, but I I watched about two episodes, and I was like, this is almost incomprehensibly bad. I know Wes likes it. I, a lot of people like it. I'm like, oh, I'm one of the very few people. Like, I try to like everything, and I think almost everybody likes the show. And I'm just like, this is not good. Um, but it's about it's training sort of the next generation. Like, you know, Cobra Kai still exists. There's like a whole like gym of like a, like a, a franchise of Cobra Kai's or whatever. And Daniel San is training like the next gen. So like that kind of feels like, you know, who knows? Yeah, that's. I think that's the appropriate way to do this. Jerry says, movie pass wise, Ilyan and I watched Evil Dead Rise, which I did not see in theaters yet. I think it's out on VOD now, maybe. So I might, or when it's when I when I can stream it for free, I'll go watch it. Um, it was okay. It wasn't her favorite, right? But you still getting you said a movie pass, which is good. Yeah, that's cool. I'm always surprised with the fast franchise soundtrack. Like, what's their budget? Because they'll have the classic jams, songs created just for the movie alone, and the amount of artists involved. With Fast 10, I was really feeling won't back down with Youngboy NBA, Bailey Zimmerman, and Dermot Kennedy. I'm curious about this too, but I have a a weird sense that this might almost be the Super Bowl situation. Where they pay them to get involved? Like they pay no, the Fast they, and Furious? It's just like a handshake situation where it's like, look, like we would like you to make a song for a Fast and the Furious movie. You know that 100 million people are going to see this movie. A lot of people are going to listen to the soundtrack. Like, you'll get residuals and royalties from the song, but they don't actually, like, pay, like, pay them to make the song kind Maybe. of deal. Well, I mean, the I'm not sure. halftime show, like, famously, the artist pays the NFL millions of dollars. No, I thought it was just you just play Mm-mm. for free. No, you you pay the NFL. That's even worse. And now it's, it's flipped because they got, like, Jay-Z in charge of, like, the thing, and I think they do pay them. As stupid as it is, like the amount of people that like are like, oh yeah, I do like Rihanna's music, and then go stream her music the next day, like more than pays up for it, right, or makes up for it. In the, but it's, it's still like you. It was like five million dollars or something. Like I think I don't think that you paid them, but I did think that you just didn't get paid at all. And they're like, you do it. This, this is like a new age job. So the new one says. So this says Yahoo. The artists don't get paid. The NFL covers expenses. No, I thought it was just like, it's a wash, you get the experience, and we know that you're going to, like, we're not paying you cash for this, but you're going to make it on the back end with sales and touring and whatever. It would make sense that, like, you would have such a such a visibility, right, into the soundtrack or the mixtape or the movie or the whatever that you're like, hey, this is music, we're going to use it in a cool way, you know that, but I don't know how any of that works, really. And people like now are like going to listen to the songs on YouTube, but they're definitely going to watch the movie. You're going to make a ton of money no matter yeah. what. Yes. You know, as, as much as money as people can actually make streaming music anymore because it's zero. Don't. Yeah. Um, if this is going to be a trio of movies, Jerry says, here's what I'd have to say for my predictions. Number one, if and I mean, if they bring back Brian, which they did not, they would have. To, also, there's going to be fast time spoilers in this. So just, you know, stick clear. If they bring back Brian, they would have to have him perish or written off because they did that in 7. For parts 2 and 3, I'm pulling an Infinity War endgame theme. Someone from the family gets killed, Roman, Tej, Tego, or Jacob. In part 2, and part 3 will be United Family with Leon coming back, as well as Edwin, all the minor characters, endgame style. 
That's yep. all for now. Since I have people working my house, installing new windows, be fast, never last. Don't get past you lose that ass. No, Monica. Well, good luck with your windows too, bud. I don't think they're going to kill Brian off. I think that would be real weird. I don't think they could. We talked about this when we did, I think, our preview episode or something like that. I don't think you can actually kill the character of Brian knowing that Paul Walker is dead. I just think it would be it would come off as tasteless no matter what. Yes. I think the best case scenario is just not to bring him back or, as we mentioned briefly, in a barbecue, minimally, in a car where you can cover it with CGI, don't have like brand new scenes where he's got like dialogue and stuff like that's not going to play out well and definitely don't kill him. Uh, Jerry sends in a car pick that we will get to when we get to the game. Um, Emily sent in a car pick. We read Emily's email on the last episode with Mike. Yes, we did. I remember that. Here's the thing. So our guest for the next episode, for the first episode of Lap 13, is going to be Salia Blancaflor, I think. She writes for a morning consult, and they did a um, a ranking of the Fast and Furious films in order of how much the fans like them. They ranked franchise favorites among fans. Um, so she sent through an email. So we're going to talk more about that with her on not the next episode, because the next episode is with Heather talking about Fast 10. But yes. we're going to talk about this with uh, Celia. So check that out. So if you want to just check out Morning Consult, morningconsult.com. They did this thing, I think, a week ago or so. Um, Joe, do you have any guesses which movie the fans like the most? Uh, five or six. The original. You gave me three answers. Pick one of them. I was hedging my bets here. I sprinkle I sprinkle one betting unit across three movies. Well, you have them in in no order, no specific order, but first, fifth, and sixth. Um, the first one then. Yes. It's weird. So uh, basically, net favorability is basically the newer the movie, the less people like it. So it goes one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, three, Hobbs, nine. So other than Tokyo Drift being out of order, basically the newer movie, the less people like it. This, this to me, is uh, a very peculiar rankings. Um, I think that that's a byproduct of people being like i watched the first one that's the one i like the best because that's the only one i watched and then right. they're like i watched the first and second one those two are the best you know, like this kind of situation to me we've talked a lot on here about the like different you know you're either a car guy you're an action movie guy or whatever right like rocket did a, a poll i don't know if you saw rocket's poll on twitter but he said which era, era. I liked how he broke this down. I, I really enjoyed this. And yes. I voted as us for the car era, because I feel like even though we both love five the most, I think collectively, you and I probably like one, like one and three, like in our top three, two of the first three movies are in there for both of us, right? So like... Yeah, so it's just it's just odds, man. But yeah. overwhelmingly, like 50% of the people who voted said they liked the heist era the most. So he broke it down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's three different Like eras. Justin, Justin Lin's trilogy. Yes, it was the Cars era, the Heist era, and the Agency era. And the Heist era was like half the vote, and the other, and the other two basically like split 50-50. I would guess people who were voting in Rocket's poll, who follow Rocket on Twitter, because Rocket only likes Sprite in the Fast and Furious movies, are probably yes. more hardcore Fast and Furious fans than just whoever Morning Consult is interviewing. Um, I think they. I think that they got rankings from people... And we get rankings from fans. Yes, very well said. Yeah. 
because our rankings as a as a reminder go one or five one six seven and then it's a sort of a steep drop off but then tokyo drift is fourth or fifth or whatever right so yeah we got an email from tim valencia i don't remember if tim valencia has emailed in before let me say because he he writes he is not we have not gotten an email from welcome tim aboard before. tim but the subject line is Fast 10 Test Screening. And I, I sort of skimmed this. I don't remember specifics, but I thought this was very interesting. So Tim says, I saw an advanced screening in December and then just saw it again opening weekend, noted a few changes. So here's oh, some differences. This is, this is a deep, deep dive email. Okay, let's go. No, number one, no fun muffins seen with Han. So Han did not get high back in December. Maybe they hadn't shot the Pete Davidson cameo yet. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if that means the fun muffins thing or the whole Pete Davidson thing, but it would make sense that it's not the Pete, like Pete Davidson wasn't a cameo yet. Number two, the Ames heel turn actually explained he was a half brother of Dante. Weird. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think you need that, but that is you don't. very interesting. Yeah, well, it kind of betrays his I don't have family, I don't have family, I don't have family the whole movie, right? Yes. You mean Dante's or Ames? Yes, Dante's. Yeah. Like, Ames doesn't talk about family, but Dante the whole time is like, you took my dad. That was the only family I had. And then, like, if he has, like, a s- suspicious half-brother, you're like, okay, well, you had this guy, too, so. Tim says, number three, after the drive down off the dam, Dom and Lil B get away, but not in a car. The bombs were an addition. Okay. Interesting. They get away. They're not going to die there, but that's still wild that they uh, don't, they aren't in peril at the end of the movie. I, I, well, I kind of like the clip. I mean, not that any of us believe that Dom and baby Brian are going to die, but I do like the peril. Number four, a ri- this is wild that he saw this in December. This hadn't leaked. Original post credit scene was only Giselle. Okay, yeah. So once they got The Rock, they bumped that to the end of the movie because it feels weird that you have two reveals like that. Right. I, I can and understand that. Number five says, Hollywood rumor was Rock was asked to be added to Fast 10 two months before the premiere. His post credit scene wasn't shown to test audiences, lending credibility to the theory he came back to the saga begging. That's oh. what I can't believe that they showed the Giselle thing in December and we didn't hear about it. Not a peep. Honestly, I think people just like had too much respect for the movie to be like, I it's can even, shit like, on this. I, I, I agree that it, is, it, it shows respect, but it's also just like that no one even accidentally was just like, oh, yeah, she's back. It's just like, wait, what? You know, if we would have seen this movie in December, I would have accidentally leaked it. I would have had to cut out. I would have had to so carefully edit so many episodes. Yeah, because I would have just been like, yeah, well, you Giselle's like, just, like, back now. Fat fingered it on Twitter be like. Joe, you can't. Oh, we had access. We no, had access I wouldn't for the have, first time. I wouldn't have said it on Twitter. I knew it would have known not to put it in writing. But if I was talking to you and I knew you knew it, it would have definitely slipped between us. Got you. Okay. Uh, Justin sent in a picture. So I was saying to you, he messaged us um, when he was seeing the movie. And yeah, I was he showed us a him, picture. Like, he I, was wearing I his was, cha-cha-cha shirt. I remember. I was worried because I hadn't heard from him. We know that he goes with his group, but here's his group. But but he was definitely just waiting. He was doing it the right way. Like we always say, like he was waiting until he saw the movie to talk to us. He was probably in hiding, digital hiding. So I guess. He says, OMG, I just got home from seeing it with my family, capital F, family. Had to delay a few days from opening so everyone could get together. Worth the wait. I'm not going to add anything you probably haven't covered. I'll just say that I can't wait to see it again. Here's a pick of my family. My friend even bought the popcorn car. Well, we got them too. So family indeed, we all got the popcorn car. 
and Justin rocking the cha 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 shirt. Beautiful. Beautiful. By the way, did you see this guy trying to like talk down on the popcorn car on Twitter? Yeah, he's just like, oh, well, it's it's a it's a game stonk, bro, right? Like, yes, it is. And but he's like, he's like, oh yeah, this thing was fifty dollars. It's really funny because like I was actually just having this conversation with Matt in the chat. Like somebody was like, that was fifty dollars, and you're like, yeah, but a bucket of popcorn in New York is twenty five dollars. Like yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're like, that thing's only worth twenty five dollars. I was like, you're absolutely right. That's what I paid for it mm-hmm. because I got a bucket of popcorn with it, which was also twenty five dollars. Right. So fifty dollars. What is the math that you're not missing here? I don't get it. I think that a lot of these people like don't live anywhere near a place that's way too expensive for no reason. And that's fine. Good luck. Good for you. But like popcorn and movie theater here is fucking expensive. Tickets are expensive. How much? They were like 23 bucks, right? Tickets are $23 for the IMAX. I mean, the movie theater by me that I love that I've been going to more because of movie pass. And I'll talk about that in uh extracurricular activities a movie after noon like a 1205 showing is 12 bucks like before noon it's like eight dollars like okay that's reasonable afternoon even five minutes afternoon twelve dollars at night it's like sixteen dollars and that's just like a regular 2d screening regular ass movie so yeah also it helps further the idea that like we don't actually make money on the show from the patreon we just spend it on dumb shit like the cars exactly Next email, Wells emails in again. He oh, says, what's up, Wells? I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around a little bit because I'm kind of going from shorter emails to longer emails to make it feel like we're making progress, even though like the longest emails are still ahead, which I, I love long emails, but I'm just like, oh, we only have three emails or whatever. But we got okay. long emails to go. Okay. Also, this is a long Wells email. So here we go. Subject line, Fast 10 X2, the second time around, aka El Segundo Tiempo around. Okay. So not around in Spanish, just El Segundo Tiempo around. Imagine if they kept the original core for this entire series. Not even Rome, just Jesse, Vince, and old Coyotes are us. Just they never put in any new characters. Yeah. That would be pretty wild. Can you imagine how big of a star like Matt Scholes would be in whatever the name of the actor who plays Leon is? They'd be massive. Yeah. Or would the movies just not Johnny Strong? Or would the movies just not like actually be would they not go on like yeah i don't need to see these assholes again they would have died we get it they would have definitely died if you don't keep adding like the biggest actor in hollywood right. every movie if they do the only thing that the fast and furious does like get get new people excited yeah have you ever talked about or made a list of the order of the family being built obviously brian is first number one brian number two roman i disagree three, off Tesh. the rip oh he means after you have the mains I so guess like so, Dom, we know, Letty, we, Leon. We know, well, we know number one is Vince. Well, number one is Dom. Yeah. I wonder where Mia would come in because Mia is like it is biologically family, but I also get the sense that like she's post Vince at least. Number two would be Vince then, and then there's a little bit hazy where like you know we it's know Letty that, and Mia or Letty and or also Mia. Leon at some point. Yeah, and then and Jesse at some point. Yeah. And then Brian. He says, or is it Roman Tej not in the family until five? Maybe I'm just doing a, quote, introduced list because it has to be fast five when they were brought into the family. Han and Giselle were already in by four, and so are Tego and Don. I don't know. I guess I have more thinking to do. I'll come back to it. I like that he yeah. threw an idea out there and then just was like, you know what? Jump not enough information. Ship. Walked away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching Fast and Furious Greatest Moments, colon, Refueled. 
Don't know what that is. And John Cena says something about his relationship with Dom as a long-lost brother is an integral part of the future of the franchise, but he quote-unquote died in Fast 10. And he uses the emoji for the, the kid going like this, for the X. Fast. Yeah. Little kid emoji. I think that that's true. And I think that you can carry on. This is something we haven't really talked about yet, is I think you can carry on the legacy of Jacob and have them revisit and do flashbacks and things of Jacob, even though John Cena is technically dead in this world. That's why, like, it, you can kind of bring him back for, like, more of these in-between scenes, things like that, expositions with Dom, Mia, all of these things. And he can do the, like, Giselle lost scenes of the movie when she was with Letty type situation. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to go away, which sucks, because I think the best part about this was, like, how much screen time he got and how much fun he got to have. But he he doesn't need to be gone forever, even though he's dead. That's very true. Although I still don't think he's dead. I'm also, Joe, I'm going to do an unprecedented thing here. I'm going to pause Wells's email to read a thing from Reaction Rocket. Because the idea Why? that we talked about with Mike, that I was like, I was talking to somebody. Was it Wells? Was it Wes? Was it Alex? Was it whoever? It was Rocket. So Rocket okay. DM'd us and said, quick thought I wanted to share with you guys for a future episode. I don't think Jacob is actually dead for one main reason. Earlier in the movie, while on the road, he tells little V that he was afraid of cars for a while after watching his father get killed in the explosion of the track, which he blamed himself for, but in time was able to get over the fear and let go of the guilt. After that scene, I think it would be exceptionally cruel to kill Jacob in the exact same way his father died in a way that I don't think the franchise is capable of, be capable of being. You could argue that the heart-to-heart -heart with Little B was foreshadowing, but I don't buy it. Building up their bond just to kill him, while very impactful, seems too mean-spirited and manipulates the franchise's core theme of family in a way that feels gross. I'll even take it a step further. I think Jacob will be the one who saves Dom and Little B, earning the ultimate hero moment and in turn stepping out of his brother's shadow once and for all. This wow. would make for a much more satisfying resolution to his character's arc than him sacrificing himself, although that is, of course, a matter of opinion. And I was like, that'd be pretty wild, but also makes total sense for him to build a death-proof car. Yes, yeah, very true. Also with, you know, Kurt Russell playing Stuntman Mike, also playing Mr. Nobody, we could just pretend that, like, they're the same character. That would be really awesome to ha that, that now death-proof is... Is integrated canon. into the, is canon in the fast like we already included italian job why mm -hmm. not hey man if we can add all these actors and new characters and villains to the family why can't we just add other movies to be canon i don't know did you by the way did you hear about tarantino so i i sent you and mike a while ago like his new thing called like the movie critic or whatever or the film Dude, critic or whatever i wanted to talk to you about this today go ahead so it's about a guy who like reviews porno films this is so up my alley like if i'm fascinated with anything it's tangential shit related to porn like not not even so much the porn itself but just like what do the actors do after their life in porn and like all of these kind of documentaries and like drama in the porn world and like these kind of things i'm super fascinated by this i think this is a great topic for a movie i just saw it today and i was like now i'm hooked even more He's apparently asking directors to, like, refilm or seeing if he could, like, refilm old parts of movies. Like, do you remember in, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they, like, recreate a couple different movies with, like, with Leo in there? Um, 
it seems oh, yeah, like he's going to be doing a, a yeah. bunch, which does seem like the most Tarantino thing he can do. But I think it'd be cool if they're just like, yeah, uh, Death Proof is Fast and Furious canon. Mr. Nobody is or was Stuntman Mike. He is reformed. He is now in the agency. Uh, he regrettably, you know, he regrets or he was always killing all those agency. women. He was already he was always in the agency, Ooh. but he also they he used his agency powers to like infiltrate the movie industry and be a stuntman. Do you know that Leon, played by Johnny Strong, is the lead vocalist and founder of the band Operator? He's also I don't a movie know what the composer. Band Operator is. Why, but like when you Google him, like most of what he has there is music stuff, which is interesting. I I love the re- the, the rocket idea though of Jacob not being dead because we're just like car. oh yeah because it does seem it does seem crazy also again apologies to rocket that i could not remember but like man these last like i love it i'm not complaining even one bit but like the last week we've had so many people like in so many different places like hey this here's an idea like let's just talk about it and i'm like i can't remember who said what i know someone had a great idea somewhere so yes. apologies to rocket that i did not give rocket the credit but here you go there's your credit bud there you go okay back to wells Besides Brian saying, quote, I said, forget about it, cuh, and pocket scene empty, cuz, what's the most ridiculous and non-believable scene in the franchise? And he has 10 options here. So, Joe, maybe you pick one of these, or if there's one that you think is the most ridiculous that is not here. But here's his 10, okay? I got two favorites already in my head, but go Which ahead. ones? What is it? When Brian's over Dom, he's like, don't die. Just breathe, Dom. Just breathe. That's that's one of my favorites. Okay. That's and... the end of six. Like, it seems like he's talking, like, acting-wise. I guess he does. He's doing, no, so that's what he said. Tell me the list first. Go ahead. He he does one per movie. So, number one, they jack the wrong truck. Number two, they jump a car onto a boat, which is still Mark Hoffmeyer's favorite scene, I think, in any of these movies. Number three, they have a huge chase through Tokyo. That doesn't seem super unbelievable. That just seems like, you gotta do what you gotta do. Well, it's busy. I get it. There's a lot of traffic there. Okay, Wills, we're good. This is pretty funny. Number four, they race through tunnels, I guess. He's just like, I don't know. That all seems <laughs> kind of believable. Number five, they drag a safe through Rio, which I think is definitely up there. Number six, they drive a car into a plane on the longest runway in history. And again, definitely up there. Number seven, they jump cars out of planes as well as from skyscraper to skyscraper in Dubai. Also, of yep. course, up there. Yeah. Number eight, they fight submarines and huge bombs and stuff. Also crazy. Number nine, they go to outer space. Also crazy. Number 10, they played Rocket League with a bomb through Rome and raced down an exploding dam and everything else in between. These are just the main scenes. There's plenty of others that could take the cake. It doesn't have to be one from the list. So you think Brian doing, please, Dom, breathe. No, I I didn't know where we were going with this. Well, no, because he sets it up one way and then does a reverse 180. I never. I just want to talk about that. I never considered that they're playing Rocket League through Rome. Good and good idea there. Like mm-hmm. that was very well said. That's yes. exactly what happens. And now I will refer to it as playing Rocket League through Rome. Do mm-hmm. you have choices though for your? No, he nailed two. all of them. If that's if that's oh. the list, then yeah, I was thinking of like dumb lines and like unbelievable lines, not stunts and action scenes. Gotcha. Okay. He says, "What in the fifty? What's in the fifty dollars Fast and Furious popcorn and card pack? I didn't see that at Century Theaters. I'm raising hell on Tuesday. When I go again, I'm a sprint in there screaming, Where's it at? I'm jealous. I wish I had was trading a Han for a Deckard.' The car is just a car. I haven't opened my box yet. Joey and I are keeping them in NM near mint condition. I'm mm-hmm. going to send mine to get graded by Beckett or what's what's the grading company? Oh, PSA." Beckett was the guys who like did the pricing, like they did the books. Yeah, that's right. I was I was trying to to fake it, but got 
jumbled there. So mine's still wrapped, so I haven't opened it to put like open the lid of the popcorn bucket. What what's funny about this kind of thing is that it's either gonna be worth fifty dollars forever because it's just like they made a million of them and like they're just around, or they made like ten thousand of them and they're gonna be like worth a couple hundred dollars in like two years. Well, the thing like, is, is apparently everybody's reaction to it being fifty dollars is like, well, that was too expensive. So maybe they won't sell any of them and they're just gonna like, go in a junkyard somewhere. They could be like, Funko, how much are they like, on eBay? Ooh, hold on, let me look. They could be like we Funko. looked the night of the release, and it, and it, a sealed one was a hundred bucks, but that was night of. People are let, let me actually go to sold because it doesn't matter what people are listing them for. People are selling them between sixty and ninety bucks. So, but they're free shipping basically. So, like you pay ten bucks for shipping, eBay takes ten. So people are basically spending fifty, getting popcorn, and then like walking away with like sixty bucks, say. So like they're making ten dollars getting free pop. Like it's not, it's not. They're not, are these, they're not, are they're these not sealed ones or open ones? They're all sealed. Okay. It'd be funny if they like if someone opened it and was just like, yeah, I want to celebrate. It's just like, no, man. No, they did. That we saw ones, like night of. Like they had just like open ones, just like people are selling the popcorn container plus a two pack of cards. Like people are like adding the cards thing is a, is a nice touch. That is a nice touch. See, okay, so fuck the kid who was mad about the or like laughing about the fifty dollars, bro. I got twenty dollars worth of popcorn in a giant ass bucket, and I can get my car money back today. Suck it. There is wait, so okay, so there's someone is selling three packs for twenty bucks free shipping. Should we buy that? Oh yeah, we could probably fill out our roster if you get three more packs. Someone's selling a ten card base set, Fast Ten movie trading cards, Fast and Furious AMC exclusive. Someone's just selling the Tess for five bucks. Someone's selling a pack for twelve fifty. Someone's selling Han. They're selling a bunch of ones for five. Go get those. Oh, if they're selling a bunch for five, get like four for five each. No, no, no. Individual cards for five dollars. The oh, they're selling three packs. There are five lots available for twenty dollars each. Should I buy three packs? Or should I buy six packs? I'm not going to buy more get than s- get six, and then we'll we'll know we'll each have a set. That's fine. Assume you know what I mean? There's no, yes. In six packs, like, we're going to round out what we need. Right. Okay. That's cool. I like that. Good job. Once again, using the Patreon money for good, not evil. And by evil, <laughs> I mean, like, actually spending it on bills and stuff. We're just spending it on dumb shit. Yeah, we can open it on air, and um, I can, like, get them framed. You know what I mean? Rachel can make us, like, a little, like, cool. picture frame situation, and we can hang the whole set. That'd be really cool to me. Sweet. Okay. Cool. Han only ate, this is Wells' email again, Han only ate one bite of that muffin before he started tripping, which is why it didn't last long, I think. Probably a hard-hitting but not long-lasting drug. It was weird to see him hop behind the wheel immediately after, but surprised I am not and will never be with this franchise. Good point. What I, comma, Wells, comma, am hoping for... (laughs) <laughs> Old Coyotes R Us, aka Leon, is who saved Giselle, and they were both running drugs for Verone and South Beach while he finished his time. He'll be getting out in eleven, raising absolute hell on team leader Romy Rome, and that's when we see Brian come out of nowhere, saving Rome's life at some point. So he's basically he so five has a sequel that is ten. He's pitching that eleven is a sequel to two with a little bit of one and a little bit of four and five in there. That's that's a recipe I want to cook. That's also, a way less interesting and successful recipe for, like, most people. <laughs> like, for us, yeah. love it. For most people, love just it. like, two? Wait, a lot Dom, of two. Dom, Vin's not in that one? No, man. Who's the villain? Oh. The guy from Yellowstone? Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Maybe. Those suited and booted agency dudes with helmets, guns, and full armor fits are just like stormtroopers. They never hit a shot, never win a battle, and always get their asses kicked. That's a very good point, too. Wells, I missed your emails, bud. You you have a very good take on a lot of stuff. They're wonderful. Also, I want to say shout out to his classic format of copying and pasting from the notes app, because the first sentence is enormous for no reason, and then the rest <laughs> of it is just regular font size. So P-Walk's daughter was the stewardess, and Josh Dunn, the drummer of 21 Pilots, is who Jacob and Lil B bump into in the airport, only realized this the second time around. Let me tell you, the second time around, the movie went very fast. Wells also sends out a picture, which I'm sending to you right now. He says, early B-Day gift from a friend's mom. I love it. I like that you're getting gifts from a friend's mom. That's cool. All my copies of the series were on old DVDs. Shout out to Deals All Day at Rasputin, right? Yeah, Rasputin? Yeah, it was Deals All Day at Rasputin. Yeah, that was okay. definitely it. They were old DVDs, and six was the DVD they give to worker people or whoever, and it says, don't show this to anybody or we'll sue you. So we got a Dom's Charger Fast and Furious Lego set. Very cool. And the nine movie collection... Fast and Furious Blu-ray. Very exciting, Wells. And happy early birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. That's pretty awesome. And also, I'm jealous that you have that, like, screener-only version of Six. One of the first movies, and by one of the first, I mean the first and only movie I have ever illegally downloaded, was, like, a work print copy of Star Wars Episode Three, And it was, like, so weird that, like, it dissuaded me from, like, because it was, like, it was not done. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, The one that they kept rewinding the explosion and had a timer at the top. Yeah, way early. early. Yeah, like a year and a half early or something, right? And I remember, like, showing it to my, because I was, that would have been, like, what, 05? So I probably would have been, like, 16 or 17. I remember showing to my parents being, like, look what I got. They're, like, who wants to watch like this? I'm, like, I don't know. That's a good point. So I just, you know, but it was, like, one of those where it's just, like, I I gave um, a copy of my ma- to my math teacher for extra credit. Sweet. Very cool. Yeah. But thank you, Wells. That was a great email. Thank you for writing in. Two emails from Anna Bolina, both very long, I believe. First up, Fast 10, take two. So like Wells. She rewatched, the, yeah. So, yeah, Wells saw it twice. Anna's seen it twice. We've only seen it once. That's true. Yeah, Unless I was you... super busy. I'm going to explain my extracurricular activities very soon. Anna says, let's ride again. I saw Fast 10 again on Friday night with a friend who couldn't go on Thursday. I have to say it played better this time, although my initial critiques about having too many players involved still stands. There's a news thing we're going to get to about that in a little bit. Knowing what was coming helped me feel less annoyed by the Tej Roman Ramsey stuff. It felt so superfluous in my first screening, though I still think those scenes could stand to be tightened up. Overall... Accepting this movie for what it is instead of mourning it's not the second coming of Fast Five helped me like it a little better. Things I noticed second time around. After Rita Marino gives her toast, I saw several people in the audience raise their drinks along with the family on screen. Damn right, I raised mine too. That's really cute. I like that. Salute me, Familia. Yeah. Lil B being scared on the plane and Jacob offering comfort. Was that meant to be a callback to the last time we saw him on a plane as a baby being held captive and rescued? He said Joey he kind of like alluded planes. to this a little bit. This wasn't my idea. This was somebody else. This Mike's, might have been Mike. Yeah, it was Mike's, I think, when we okay. were just talking to him. Also, if it wasn't Mike and it was somebody else, apologies. Talking to a lot of people about this movie. Yeah, so I think it was Mike. I think it was on air. I think it was Mike. I think it was on air and I think it was Mike, too. It was definitely not my idea. Were they trying to say that Lil B somehow remembers being kidnapped as a baby and he's got PTSD? This movie is wild enough to try that. The funny thing is we're attributing that possibility to them when we know that they've totally 
just bailed on very obvious layups yep. many times in yep. these movies. Yep. You know, who knows? At least they show, they they flash back to Elena getting killed in that movie, in this movie, right? So, like, they remember that, like, Baby B was on that plane, in theory. Hopefully. Maybe. Speaking of Little B, I think it's very sweet he calls Letty Mom, but her reaction to that title was telling. She seemed to freeze a bit and stare at him like she was surprised he said it, though I'm sure he's been calling her that for years. I never really pictured her wanting kids or having much of a maternal urge. Mia having a kid? Yeah, sure, makes sense. Dom putting his head on Letty's tummy made me say, oh, well, okay, I guess. I was always under the impression they wanted to give Dom a kid, but didn't want to sideline Letty with a pregnancy, which is why they had Elena fill that role. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, we've talked about before that we thought, or it wasn't even our idea, somebody else said it, that like, Kate Hudson maybe? I don't remember. This is years ago now. We repeated it a lot. That we thought the Elena storyline was going to be a Mia storyline had Paul not passed away. Agreed. So um, I also think they're definitely, we, we kind of didn't talk about this, but the the head on the belly thing they're definitely pitching that Letty's gonna be like they've addressed Letty being pregnant like two or three times in this movie. I will reiterate my thing that in the final movie, Dom will die, but Letty will be pregnant with a son. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm calling it now. I said I think okay. I think I said on the Fast Ten reaction episode, but I'm saying it again now. I think you did too. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Anna says about Elena's sister Isabel. She's aware that Papa Reyes killed Elena's husband slash her brother-in-law, yet she seems okay with Dante at the race. Dante's even flirting with her. He says a line I couldn't catch and follows it up with pretty, pretty please with me on top. Maybe she was just playing it cool because Papa Reyes was gone, so she felt like Dante didn't have the power to harm her. Or maybe she focused her ire on Papa Reyes and didn't have a problem with Dante specifically because up to the point he planted a bomb on her car, he hadn't done anything to try and harm her. I don't know. That's a good point. I, I like that. But yeah, I can. I mean, just because your parents are shitbags doesn't. And well, Dante is a shitbag, though. That's the that's part of the deal. But I can see you being like Dante didn't kill. Her sister. Sins of the father, all that. I also think and this is not my place to comment on it, but like how many women answer all of them have to deal with like sexual harassment in the workplace. And like if she really wants to be a street racer, she's like. Dante's an asshole. I just got to deal with it. You know, like, I want to do I'm this. I'm here. Right. Yeah. Anna says, I like the scene where Daniela Melchior is in Elena's apartment with a picture of young Daniela on the wall right next to her as she's talking to Dom. The Morticia Adams lighting on her eyes and the picture of her as a kid was really nice cinematography. Yeah, there is some good cinematography in this one. You could tell Leterrier does it a little bit differently. Who shot this movie, I wonder? Hold on. Let's find out. Because I have no idea, and I should know who shot this. This was shot by Stephen F. Winden, who shot... Oh, okay. He did three, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He didn't okay, do so four. He's... He didn't do five. Did I say five? He did five. He didn't do four or Hobbs and Shaw. He's done everything else since three. So this is just like the Fast and, Fur- the Fast and Furious cinematographer, Stephen F. Winden. But if the things are different, I would assume that we can kind of attribute that to Leterrier's influence, not necessarily, I mean, not that he couldn't have been like, you know what, I'm going to try something new in 10, and that's fine. But I think that mostly it would probably be like Leterrier's like, why don't we do this? Like, this is a little bit more my vision. Yes. 
This guy also shot The Gray Man, which we did for Gosling, and he did the first Sonic the Hedgehog. He did Star Trek Beyond, which is the Justin Lin one, and he also did Deep Blue Sea, shout out to Mark Hoffmeyer, and G.I. Joe Retaliation with The Rock. So this guy's done a lot of movies that are like in our orbit. That's that's kind of interesting. This is a minor thing, Anna writes, but watching the Fast Five flashback, seeing how good that safe sequence looked made some of the CGI later on in the film look goofy in comparison. I know the set pieces are bigger and crazier, but I enjoy them, and I enjoy them, but I do miss when the stunts could be filmed mostly practically with CG as an assist. That's a lot of movies, though. Like, I I have the same thought about a lot of these movies. To be honest, the CG in Fast and the Furious movies never really get me. That's not... That's never one that I'm like, oh, this is really bad CG here. No, it generally looks pretty good, too. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if you can do something practically, you want to do it practically, I agree. Right? Yes. yes, 100%. When they're in the favelas in Fast Five, it looks like they're on location. The favela scenes in this, particularly the bit where Jack Reacher has a skirmish with some random goons, looked like a set. I get it if they couldn't go back to where they were for whatever for whatever reason, but it was noticeable to me. Did you notice that, Joe, or no? Because I don't know that I did, maybe? It felt like a different Flavellas. I can kind of see it in my head now that Anna mentioned it, that it was, like, not gritty enough. Like, it felt, like, too clean, too polished type situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I can understand this now. I, I wouldn't have pointed it out before she said it, though. It's something that I'm going to notice. I think there's also, like, whenever I see it again, I also think that there were, like, I think they're in another country at some point in this movie, and it looks like they're in favelas there, too. And I'm like, is that Rhea? It's not. It was maybe, maybe it was the, Portugal? It was the country, country jumping, the, the too much country jumping. I kind of lost track of where we were sometimes. Right. But, yes, and Portugal feels a lot like this is Brazil, so... Mm-hmm. She says, and this is something that I I can't even comment on because we were just, like, talking during this, but she says, the end credit sequence was on par with anything I've seen in a Bond movie, which is very high praise because the Bond credits are always great. The color scheme reminded me a lot of the title sequence of Skyfall, and the song is really good, too. Yeah, we talked through that. I'm sorry, Anna. We were, like, so hype about the movie as soon as it ended. uh, Pretty much all of us in our row were just like, woo. Cheering about Giselle and then being like, Shush, 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 shush. It's also funny that Justin was like, I can't believe like a third of my theater walked out before the rock scene. It's just like, dude, what are you like? What are we doing here? Oh, yeah. He said that. And we're like, well, maybe they're just like people that like movies like just it was a movie to see and Mm -hmm. not really fast fans. But he had a point that was like, hasn't Marvel trained you guys? Right. Yeah. I I said Marvel. and He said even Fast and Furious. Right. It's just like they've all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the first movie is a credit scene. The fifth movie is a credit scene. The sixth movie is a credit scene. The ninth movie is credit scene. There's probably more than I'm missing. Yeah. She says, Miss Nobody's got to be making some very good movie because her fashion is on point. The spiked heels she's wearing to visit Letty are Alexander McQueen. They ain't cheap. They retail about a thousand bucks. I couldn't quite identify the sneakers she's wearing in Rio, but I'm fairly certain they're either McQueen or Louboutin. So those are pricey too. Sign me up for the agency if it comes with a wardrobe like that. Yeah, I don't think any government workers are buying $1,000 shoes. I mean, they're like private sector, though. Are they private sector? I have Do we know that? zero idea. We don't know anything about the agency. Yeah, very true. When Dom goes to the police station, he's surrounded by video images of his loved ones. When Hobbs appears in the credits scene, we see there's this, he's seeing video of something on the walls around him as he's on the phone with Dante, 
but we don't see exactly what the images are. I can only guess his daughter and relatives in Samwa that we met in Hobbs and Shaw. Are we bringing them in for the next one? Is he officially with Hattie at the end of Hobbs and Shaw? Is she coming for the next one? I know this no, movie. I, see, you're, you're, the one part you're missing is they already warned Shaw that they're going after Queenie. Queenie, yeah. So there's a likelihood that they're going after Hattie because that would be a good Correct. Shaw and Hobbs have to team up to save both Queenie and Hattie because they both have a vested interest there. Because like Shaw would want to save his sister and mom. Hobbs wants to save his girlfriend, we're guessing. That that would make a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. So I don't think Hattie will start out being back. I think that they'll have to rescue her because Dante is kidnapping her too. I still want her to be having a nice cuppa with Queenie or like defending herself. But yeah, I, I now that we have Giselle and Hobbs back, the aside from Suki, which is just like fan service, it easily number one, the one I want back now is Hattie. It's just like it's so obvious, it's so easy. She's it so tracks. cool. Just get her yep. in there. Yeah, and fucking Vanessa Kirby. Yes. Come on. I noticed this movie takes great pains to not mention anything connected to Hobbs and Shaw. You'd think that Shaw would have been would have seen the sister's face on Ramsey's computer screen along with his mom. I wonder if perhaps someone with a producer credit on this said, nuh-uh, or perhaps someone with a producer credit on Hobbs and Shaw said, nuh-uh. Maybe we got this wrong. Uh-oh. And the, ti- and the timeline is not that we should get a Hobbs and Shaw between these. It's that we're going to get Eleven and then a Hobbs and Shaw right after. Because we have to close out this story. We can't have a Hobbs and Shaw between this. Because it would it would be a Fast and the Furious movie. Like, it would just be, like, the middle movie if, like... Right. It would have to it be... It would just be, the like... Ho- yeah, the Hobbs and Shaw we would have to get before Eleven would be where they were up to this point. It can't be where Deckard or Hobbs goes next. I agree. That's the only way they could do it, but it also wouldn't make sense for it to be a Hobbs and Shaw movie. I think like that it, was the way that I pitched it when I guessed in the Fast 10. I'm like, there's going to be a credit scene with Hobbs and it's going to say, see what he's been up to in Hobbs and Shaw 2 next summer. So I think I think I was always pitching it as a sort of cool to this kind of. Yeah. yeah. But not even like, like the issue with that, like what I would have, and I didn't elaborate, but the issue that I would have had with that is like, it would have felt inconsequential. Like it would have been just like something that was just kind of like another adventure for them. Right. Like it, it didn't have to be like something exciting. Right. It was just like, here's another movie with them. Right. Like just go see this while you wait for the, the other one. Yeah. But yes, I think you're right. Like we can't get a Hobbs and Shaw before. I think the next movie we have to get is 11. And then from there, if they close this out, Hattie's in with Hobbs, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw are back in the family. Now we get some of the family and Hobbs and Shaw, blah, blah, blah. We could do all of these things. There's a lot more options. Although I also probably feel like even though there are more options, it's probably going to go 10 into 11 into 12 into spinoffs until the end of time, until a reboot. I agree. So for now, Anna says, I'm in the really liked it but didn't love it camp. I'm very intrigued by the possibilities of what will happen next. And I eagerly await the shady Instagram post from Vin or Tyrese talking about the prodigal son returning home. Can't wait. Anna Bolina from the Bird app. The little prodigal son. Anna says, sorry, but the more I think about it, she sends another email, the more yes. I think about Letty wants a baby, the more obvious it is that a woman wasn't consulted. I don't know exactly how old Letty's meant to be here. Neither do we. Look back to our 
Han is 39, question mark. Conversation with Mike. But yeah, Michelle true. Rodriguez is 44. Oh, so she's probably, if Han is, if Sung Kang is 52 and Han is 39, Michelle Rodriguez being 44 plus Letty at 31, 20 years ago, or in 1989, making her 16, like none of it works, right? Like it doesn't, none of it makes sense. None sense. of it works. None of it works. Nope. A woman of that age, Anna says, who wants a baby wouldn't say, quote, oh, well, it'll come when it comes, the way that Letty does in this movie. I know the intricacies of pregnancy and biological clocks are not appealing to the target audience of this movie, but let's say the odds of conceiving naturally are very low and at that age, or, or, or wait, are very low at that age. I remember that a baby was teased for them in eight during the bedroom scene in Cuba. Yep. But that was a setup for Elena and baby B instead. Yes. If they've been talking kids for this long and she's been unable to conceive, ouch, poor Letty. Yeah. I think it's more just like what, what someone said earlier that like they don't want to sideline, meta banana, they don't want to sideline her with a pregnancy, right? It's just like. Yeah, but we also know family's the most important thing, so they can't, we can't imagine Dom being like, no fucking kids, you know, like at the same time. Right, no, Dom wants a kid real bad. Always. He's Always. like... The most yeah, important thing. Yeah, more family. More family. What's better than family? More family. More family. That actually could have been a source of an internal conflict for her in this movie. She's prioritized going on adventures so much, and now that she wants a kid of her own, it's likely too late without serious medical intervention, so she has to settle for raising another woman's child as her own. I think she was far too accepting far too quickly of little B and 8. She's got zero conflict over the fact that another woman beat her to the finish line and gave Dom an heir, question mark, and now that woman's dead and she has to step in and, be, and play mommy, question mark. Even the most understanding woman on earth would have a moment of grief about that. I'm not saying she'd be an evil stepmom and hate baby B, but there'd likely be some sadness. That could explain why she froze when the kid called her mom at the barbecue. This lifestyle's consequences, she goes on, which is why Brian was right to walk away from it. Michelle has reportedly asked for better material for Letty in the scripts, and an Ooh. arc where she has to become where she has to come to terms with the fact she can't conceive could have been something poignant and something I'd never seen an action movie tackle. Then again, I don't think anyone wants to see a badass Letty pouting because she wants a baby. I don't think Michelle or the fans want Letty to be reduced to nothing but an empty womb, which is yep. why what would happen if the which is what would happen if the writing was subpar. What do you guys think, Anna Bellina from the Bird app? I think that you answered your own question. I think it would have been a very interesting turn if they did have to come to grips with Letty's emotional stresses mm -hmm. of not being able to conceive and that's what she wants. I also think that knowing the target demo for these movies, that this movie would have gotten destroyed in reviews if it was like there's a 20-minute pregnancy arc. I think there's like, also the issue, the, the bigger issue, just like there's not enough time to tell even the stories they're trying to tell, let alone adding any luck, story. Yeah. Especially a story that, like, yeehaws are like, I don't want this. I don't want nuance. Yeah, like chucking Miller lights specifically at the screen. I think that that would be a really cool thing. This is a great candidate for, like, a Los Bandoleros, Anna. That's what I want from this. Let Vin and, and Michelle shoot a 20-minute short film about this that's, like, 
canon to the story, but also like not necessary to see in between. And I think that would be the most interesting way and a way that this can be done. I'm also thinking like this is a this is a darkest timeline version of this, but Dom wants a pregnancy and like behind the scenes off not behind the scenes, but like in the scenes we don't see, you know, they're trying to hack they're trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant, whatever. But then we see Letty like taking birth control or something. Like she yeah, doesn't actually want she, the kid. Yeah, she she she's too she misses the bullets. You know what I mean? She has the Brian syndrome. Yeah. And then yeah, Dom that, finds that be... her finds her medication. Like I think this has been done in other movies or whatever. And then it's just like then that causes like marital strife or whatever. Like that's a way to do that because you're right. Like there's an angle here that I think is definitely worth exploring. That I think they're going to sort of take like the shortcut route out. But I like your idea of doing like a Los Bondolero style. Like what's actually going on in this relationship? Let them suss it out for 25 minutes, ever as long as they want. But it feels like you know they could get through that with like a lot of a lot of show don't tell yes slight talking Mm -hmm. shot artsy yep i like it emily c writes in more fast 10 thoughts hey guys after listening to the spoiler filled episode and thinking about the movie more i had some more thoughts okay emily i completely agree with everyone saying there are too many characters i get why they've kept all these people in the movies but it does mean everyone gets less screen time unless they want a four-hour movie Remember we heard originally those it would be like a three hour movie. We're like, what the hell? And then it was like two hours and ten minutes. Like, I wonder how much extra will be on the Blu-ray. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, maybe we. Get, well, I can also see them being like, there's four extra minutes, and it's just Dante doing more dancing. I would also very much welcome that. I would too, but I'm saying like, you know, they're like with new deleted scenes, and then we watch them, and it's it's not it's absolutely nothing. Well, yeah, like the the M3 again unrated director's cut is like eight seconds more but like it's just eight seconds of like absolute violence is like yeah it's pretty cool like it's it's okay almost identical to the original the theatrical movie but like just gnarlier. just more yeah okay like there's no new scenes there's like no real new shots it's just like different angles and like more violence and like hell yeah on board she says, I know the series gets compared to the MCU a lot, and they have the same problem. Lately, if I bother to watch anything Marvel, it's something more standalone, so I can actually see some character development. As much as I don't want to cut down on any of the characters in the Fast movies, I feel like it's getting harder for them to tell a co- coherent story. Fair. Second, I want to clarify my, thought, clarify my thoughts on Dante, since I think I figured out a way to put it into words. Yes, Momo was probably having the most fun of the cast, and it shows in his performance as he was a, definitely a highlight. However, my main worry is the queer codedness of his character is played for laughs. One of the hosts of Pop That's Culture fair. Happy Hour said that when everyone laughed at something Momoa did, he was wondering if some people were laughing because the characters resumed queerness. Once I heard that, I knew that's what my weird feeling about Dante was. Considering the hyper-masculinity of these films and the fact that we don't seem to have much other queer representation on screen, I'm a little concerned about the intentions behind having such a flamboyant character. Did we get more background on how the character was developed? Is is there any actual LGBTQ canon representation in the movies? I can't remember any off the top of my head. We always say that Suki is presumed to be part of the community. Mm-hmm. Because she, like, alludes to Tej not being able to be equipped to... He has the wrong parts, yep. He has the wrong parts. 
But other than that, not really. In Spy Racers, so it's not the movies, but in Spy Racers, Frosty has two moms. Yes, we in have... Crossroads, there is a non-binary character as one of the main two or three characters. Yes. But in the movies, no. It's a good perception, something that I wouldn't have thought about because I wouldn't have found Dante funny for these reasons. I did found Dante, Dante to be funny, but just because Momoa is having mm-hmm. so much fun right. while he's while he's doing it. And I saw the like the happiness and excitement that he was having and it made me feel happy. I think it also just works because not only like is Dom the like prototypical like masculine sort of meathead with like a heart of gold, but like he's so stoic that like having someone who like so very clearly wears their emotions on their sleeve is like the opposite of Dom. And to see Dom like sort of facing off against someone who is like so polar opposite to him is you know, just the, ju- yeah, the juxtaposition the itself yes, is exactly. funny. Yes. I mean, now that Hobbs is back, we can resume our theory. Also, Joe, is Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Fast 10? Yeah, he fucking was. We can resume the theory that he's gay. Remember, we're just like, oh, here's my partner, whatever. Like, we can bring that back, baby. Yeah, we can. It would be funny if they're just like, we brought him back and here's his boyfriend. Just like, people are like, wait, what? Be like, yes. What happened to Vanessa Kirby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she doesn't fucking exist anymore. That We just wrote her off. Hobbs and Shaw had to die so that The Rock could be queer. Yeah. You know, who knows? Emily says, finally, I was a little underwhelmed by the scene with Shaw and Han. I think I was, too. I think we talked about that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I'll fully admit I adored Deckard and loved seeing him in the movie, but the confrontation was really nothing, question mark? I wish they would have cut the Pete Davidson scene because it didn't do anything, so we could have had more time with Han and Shaw. To be honest, by the clips I saw, I assumed they were going to reveal that Shaw was in on the whole faking Han's death thing, and even though that didn't make sense with how remorseful he was in Hobbs and Shaw and a surprising F9 stinger. I don't know how they should have gone about it, because unless Han majorly leveled up, Deckard's out of his league in a fight. But then again, they also probably wouldn't have had an actual conversation, because I doubt they'd do that in these movies. It felt a little bit weird overall, so I hope there's more resolution in the next one. But with everything else they have to tie up, I kind of doubt it. Looking forward to hearing more thoughts on the movie, Emily. Like, it feels like Han wants to have a conversation, because he doesn't pull out, he pulls out the snacks, right? He's just like, hey, let's have a chat. And Deckard goes, you know, punchy, punchy. Yeah, they were like, we don't have time for that in this movie. Maybe in the next one. Probably not mm-hmm. in the next one. Maybe one after that, but still probably not. Yeah. One more email, Joe, from Wes. Fast 10 reaction, reaction. What up, fam? What up, Wes? Excellent Fast 10 spoilery reaction episode. There were a lot of good comments and theories put forth. And of course, I took some notes because I love talking about this stuff. I've been thinking about Justin Lin's departure and how sad we were as fans and how we've created this narrative of Vin versus Lin. I know the reports say it was a meeting with Vin and his new notes that led to his exit, but I'm starting to wonder if the problem was more the fact that Justin Lin's never been super comfortable with blockbusters. It probably sounds silly to say since he's done so many, but in all his commentaries, he talks about the struggles of dealing with studios and how stressful it is. Even in Tokyo Drift, he talked about how he did it after they offered him F4. He initially turned down Universal because he wanted to go back to making indie movies. I have a feeling it was just the stress of the war in Ukraine messing up a major location off the bat, combined with the studio hiring someone to punch up dialogue that had him on edge. 
Then Vin comes in with more notes and changes while they're already filming, and he probably thinks it's no big deal to just pivot this several hundred million dollar project, but Lynn's the guy who someone somehow has to make it work. I don't blame him. Anyway, the more I think about it, the less I'm convinced it was a clash of egos and more just different ways of looking at things, like Vin and The Rock. I don't think Vin's trying to big-time anyone. I think he's so focused on making the best thing in his mind, he really doesn't understand he can be grating on people. Any condescension is probably well-intentioned, but maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about this, because it was, like, out that they weren't happy. I think... For our needs, for our focus, we have to believe Vin is a good guy. If Vin is a villain, it makes these movies a lot harder to watch and enjoy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if Vin is just someone who, like, cares so much that he wants this to happen, you know, you accept a little bit of crazy. Like, that's what an artist is. But if he's an asshole... Then it's then it's rough. Yeah, then we're just going to be like, this is pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. My next point is really a question. I don't think there's an answer, just opinions. Joey, you've talked about how you don't think this type of cliffhanger works as a movie because it's not the full story. Same reasons you don't like Infinity War. So I started thinking about other situations we've seen this. A big one for me is like Lord of the Rings, which was a planned trilogy. Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite of the three, even though it definitely ends on a cliffhanger with the story far from finished. Or The Matrix Reloaded. The first Matrix was a complete story in case they didn't get greenlit to continue, so it's self-contained, but Reloaded and Revolutions were filmed together and released as parts two and three. I guess I understand what you're saying about it not being a complete story, but I think for me it depends on how you look at it. I think there's enough in all these individual parts to consider them on their own merits. The ending to 10 is the villain wins. We know or hope this isn't the final ending, but retcons aside, we thought Reyes dying was the end of five. I'm not saying I'd be fine with it just saying, quote, never mind, it's the last one. We didn't make enough money to shoot 10-2. I think I'll be able to go back and enjoy 10 on its own when we have an ending like I can with Infinity War or Fellowship of the Ring. But that's just what I've been thinking about with this whole trend of cliffhanger multi-part movie events. That's an interesting thought. I like that. I don't think that I'll ever be able to separate them because that's just not how my brain works. But I can see you're saying the no ending isn't really a no ending. Right now, Dante's on top and everybody else is about to die. I think the, the issue that I have, like he brings up the Matrix, which I think we talked about in some episode at some point. Maybe it was out now. Maybe it was one of ours. I don't know. Everything already blends together. But like those came out six months apart. These are going to be two years apart, which makes it harder. Yes. And Very less hard. satisfying. This is a conversation I really want to have with Nico and Kevo. Interesting. Okay. Because I think that they will have a lot of ideas. I think Kevo specifically will have a lot of ideas about story writing and story yeah. arcing and stuff like that. I agree. That's excellent. Good call. We all assume and hope and really hope there will be at least one, if not two more movies. But like, you know, who knows? It's not like they shot these together to release together. They shot one. They finished one. Who knows what's happening with the next one? Yes. I think Hobbs and Shaw 2 will likely be them dealing with Dante's secondary crews, since we know he used all the family's money to hire a bunch of hit squads. I doubt there will be very much, if any, Dante in it. Although if there's a time jump between 10 and 10-2, and Dante assumes he's beat the family, that'd free him up to personally battle Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Yeah, I can, I'm down with that. I like my theory from earlier. 
I didn't think the Letty Cypher fight was just them killing time because they hate each other. I thought the point was Letty was trying to incapacitate Cypher and leave her to be recaptured while she escaped on her own. It wasn't until she realized she was in a frozen wasteland with no resources that she came back down. Cypher also must have been waiting down there for way more than four minutes, but when have they ever cared about time? They got nothing but time. Some of those crazy new action chase shots were definitely drone shots, which is something I've seen stunt coordinators talk about recently as becoming a new trend. I think it's the one that I described about going through the car windows in the front of the car or whatever. You can really get dynamic or you can get really dynamic shots that transition between moments seamlessly. It makes everything seem a lot more intense by getting really close in on the action with few or no cuts. I know Michael Bay did it in Ambulance. There, did you see Ambulance yet or no with Isaac? No, Gonzalez? I haven't. There nope. are there are so many shots where they just send a drone off a roof and straight down the side of the building. And it's like, oh, this is something to do with the narrative. And it has nothing to do. It's just like Michael Bay's like, doesn't this look cool as hell? And it's like, yeah, I guess. But he does it like three or four sick, times. bro. It's weird. Joey, I liked your comment about Roman's perspective being flipped by his trip to space. I don't know about the Buzz Aldrin quote specifically. It wasn't Buzz Aldrin, I think. It was William Shatner. But many astronauts have talked about the overwhelming feeling they get when they see Earth from space. I've heard astronauts say it tends to reinforce your beliefs. Whether you're a person of faith or an atheist, the experience tends to reinforce those beliefs with a whole new experience, a whole new perspective. I feel that way. Like I said, uh, the Redwood Forest, the Grand Canyon, and uh, high doses of drugs. Mm -hmm. I've I've had that experience many a times, yeah. The whole enemy of my enemy bit came up in seven. I think Shaw said those exact words when he revealed he was working with Mosey. Sounds right. As far as Elena having her files on the Reyes family, I assume those are her personal files. She wasn't investigating them for the police because they owned the police. Bringing down the Reyes family was her personal life's goal. So, of course, she would keep those files at home, which, yes, that's a very good point. They look very fair. They look very official, though. Like if, if I were just like keeping notes like. I don't know that I have, like, official, like, dossier file folders. You know what I mean? But maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that makes more sense, Wes. It I does, like it that. It makes a lot of sense. I can't believe no one, myself included, wrote in to mention that Alan Richson, Alan Richson, Ames, Jack Reacher, played Aquaman on Smallville. Whoa. I'm sure it must have come up at some point in the past because now we've got the family versus two Aquamen. Incidentally, he's also played Raphael in the Michael Bay TMNT movies, but that's only interesting to me. I couldn't even make fun of Wes because he makes fun of himself. So there we go. Cool. Yeah. That's cool, though. Two Aquamen. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that. That's really, really cool. Also, more credence to my hope that they go underwater, that they have a race underwater or something, right? Two Aquamen? Come on. Let's get get it. Yeah. Guys, you've got to let it go. The Vin vs. The Rock feud was not wrestling promo. If it was, this is the longest con with the smallest payout ever pulled in the American public. It only would have made sense if Vin shown up in Hobbs and Shaw or The Rock had shown up in Nine. Anything past that makes no sense, especially considering he was pretty one-sided with The Rock, barely commenting aside from his initial post. Even then, it's been pretty quiet for years. Just two guys with big egos, and one of them doesn't have a lot of self-awareness. Even if they both came out now and said it was all fake, I wouldn't believe it. Oh, okay. I still think it's fun to believe it's fake. I think it's more fun to believe it's fake, yeah. That's why I'm like, yeah, they were just pulling a long con, and we all got taken. Although we were like, please let it be fake, and then, you know, it was. Even if it was real, it was still fake. It was still fake. It doesn't matter. We got to the same end point. I can't be totally sure, but I'm almost positive Han's dating profile says he's 39, so he's only 10 or 11 years younger. We talked about this with Mike. Of course, yep. that could be Roman Tej fudging the numbers, but it's something for our timeline. I'm grasping at anything here. Well, hopefully you got some 
frustrations out or nothing. We didn't really come to any conclusions there other than like they probably just lied. The about exact us. thing that you said. Yeah, it's either ro- like Roman and Tej lied or the Fast and Furious doesn't give a fuck about ages and timelines. Also along the timeline, Baby B is supposed to be eight, according to some studio synopsis I can't find, but as referenced in a lot of articles from before the movie came out. So he's eight. Rio was 10 years ago. He's not born until the fate of the Furious. What the fuck is going on here? So Elena had what, like a six year pregnancy? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying he 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 aged eight years in about three years. In this timeline, eight equals three. Well, it's that... like it's like how in The Sims, like you're a baby until you're a toddler, and then you're just an adult. That also works, yeah. I don't know. I honestly hadn't considered that The Rock would come back to the franchise because of his recent flops with the XFL and Black Adam. I hoped it was because the fans wanted him back, but this also makes a lot of sense. I think it's a combination of both. Money talks and bullshit walks. Yeah, and, and he knows that his fans want him back in these movies. Mm-hmm. And he'll come back as a star. It doesn't matter what happened with Vin. It, although that it was all wrestling promo, Wes, that whole long con that they did, they can break the chains of having to do this on social media for more time. But yeah. now, once he comes back, it's totally fine. Yep. Everybody's all is forgiven. Yes. Agreed. Even it's, though it was fake. Even though it was fake. Definitely fake. It's funny hearing Sung Kang wouldn't cut his hair to match F9, because I remember him doing an interview for F9, where he talked about how thankful he was he didn't have to have long hair for 9, and he only kept it long because he was known for having long hair, but he didn't like it. Maybe he changed his mind, or he wasn't getting as much work or recognition without his longer hair. I mean, when you have hair like that... Why the fuck are you cutting it? Right. I agree. Also, no one brought up how Lil B totally murdered a bunch of dudes, even though there was no reason Jacob couldn't have pulled the trigger. I was actually a little shocked by that. I mean, he wasn't shooting someone with a gun or stabbing them, so I guess in movie terms, it's more cartoony, but he definitely has some confirmed kills now. Pretty impressive for an eight-year-old. That's all for next time. That's all for now. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. I think he should get either a teardrop tattoo or he should get like the bullets on the side of his car like in Top Gun for confirmed kills you know yeah maybe like when he when he's able to drive legally yeah get like a little count or just like get uh skulls like skull stickers skull skull and crossbones do you think that confirmed kills before your um a legal adult count or Or is it like reset at 18 18? yeah maybe they're like uh cartoon skulls or something it's just like these are kids they're kid friendly Okay. okay. Yeah, they're they're in lo- they're in lowercase font. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all the emails though. Family at cageclub.me. If you want to join in, that though. was a great email. Great, great mailbag. Thank you all so much. That was a, that was one of our best mailbags in forever. I agree. And I have one more thing to bring up. It was a tweet today. Oh, Rob Denton. Okay, Rob wrote in. I told him we would respond on the episode because I wanted to talk about this with you. Okay. Rob wrote us today. Here's a hey, uh, Rob Denton at Black Robin. Um. Too fast, too forever. Here's a random question. If Dom owned a dog, what would its name be? We talked for a long time about Dom owning pets. We never thought that what the name of the dog would be. The name. This would- is actually really funny because my friend Matt that we've talked about, I've been pressuring him to get this dog and he's literally going to pick up a rescue dog tomorrow that he fell in love with. And I've been like, we've all, all of our friends have been peer pressuring Matt for the past like two weeks to go get this dog so he like bought all the stuff today so he's going through dog names currently the dog is named buttercup which i think is a fucking awesome name totally fine 
and he's coming up with a lot of stupid ass names to replace the dog's name with and we've been shaming him for that so this is a good game paul no i see i was going and i think i was trying not to see it but i think rob replied and kind of went along the same way that i did i was gonna go with like torque like it has to be like car themed, oh he right? said axel it's a cool name and it's car related axles axles are really great one like I, but i think the doms would be a little sillier than that because like he has baby b so it would be like wrench or like wren you could call him wren right like cuda mm. or get what i'm saying like like one of these like a car like a either classic muscle car name or something in a garage or do you think it'd be like a reference to like a movie? Like, because we know that they all, they called Brian Bullet because of the movie Bullet. Vanishing Point is the dog's name. <laughs> Sorry. Come here, Vanishing Point. Come here, yeah. di- come here, Dirty dirty Mary. Come here, Crazy Larry. Dude. Crazy Larry would be a good one, Crazy actually. Larry would be a good do- That's a good dog name. That's a really fucking good da- name. Your name your dog Crazy Larry and send us a picture of Crazy Larry. Thank you. But that was something interesting to think about. Thank you for writing in, Rob. Yes. I, I like that. Email in family at cageclub.me or DM us or add us on Twitter or whatever. We'll figure it out. Get it there. Email is the easiest way that I make sure. There's also a couple emails that Lane, there's the Lane TikTok, but there's also two that he sent in about Patreon picks that we're going to talk about on the next Patreon bonus episode. So Lane, I did not forget those. I still have those started. I'm going to talk about those behind the paywall. So we'll get there. Yeah. On the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I'm going to go through some of this stuff quickly. There, Mattel has an NFT collection for Fast and Furious. If you want NFTs, not just the AMC trading cards, there are NFTs for the Fast and Furious, if you want that. Cool. Uh, yeah. You know my thoughts on NFTs. Not for these. Not for Joe's. NFJs. Uh, there's one. I'm going to say this for tomorrow with Heather, if I remember it. Recording tomorrow, releasing on Friday. Or yes. soon for patrons. I don't know. This is weird. We're doing two a week Whatever. again. Whatever. It's, it's crazy. Uh, but uh, uh, everyone in the Fast and Furious family has two key traits. I mentioned this before on a past episode. I'm going to save this for Heather because I think Heather might want to guess that, which would be cool. Oh, fun. Yeah. Cinedime acquires horror comedy Shaky Shivers, the Sung Kang directorial debut. So that's going to get distributed, which is very cool. Because like sometimes like you very know, cool. people make indie movies and like they just don't find distributors and like they kind of like linger in limbo. But somebody picked this up. So Cinedime is going to distribute it. So no date yet, but it's going to come out, which is exciting. Everybody's making horror movies, but I will watch a movie that Sung Kang make. Yeah. This was big. Alan Richson says he took the Fast 10 role from Keanu. Quote, tough act to follow. Did you see this? You saw this, right? This is huge news. Yes. So going back to the Hobbs and Shaw days, there was rumor that Keanu was going to join the franchise. But apparently, according to Alan Richson talking to Entertainment Weekly, Keanu's supposed to be Ames. That's it doesn't feel right, though. Like, I, I guess I could see it. I wouldn't have hated it. I would have really liked it in the theaters. But at the same time, it just doesn't feel big enough for the Keanu role. Like, Keanu would have had to be Dante, not Ames. Well, that's that. What also would have been interesting, and I mentioned this on, I think, maybe the Road to Paloma episode when we are talking about Momoa, but Keanu and Momoa are both in The Bad Batch, which is the Annalily Armorport movie. So, like, it would have been fun to have them reun- reunite. Alan Richardson says it was just a little stroke of luck and good timing. I was working on a movie with Hillary Swank in the freezing cold, and I got a call that things had shifted in the plans of Keanu. 
which is, I think, who was originally intended to play the might part, tough act to follow. There were a lot of timing issues that almost resulted in yet another recasting. Quote, basically the deal was if there's no problems, we don't shut down for COVID, this should work. And about two weeks later, we got the news that we were going to get hit with the biggest blizzard in Winnipeg's history. All production shot down. It was disheartening. I thought it was over before it began, but luckily we worked it out and they were able to push the dates a little more. I'm still finding this kind of hard to believe that like, this is because he's alluding to it not being like they're like Keanu was also in the names floating around. He's like Keanu had the part and I took it from like not I took it from him, but like something happened and then they called me like but it was it was set to be Keanu. I think it happens a lot, to be honest. I think it's rare that we hear about it, but I think just scheduling or whatever, like, you know, I was I was saying, I think on this, maybe just maybe not on the air, but like the current season of the how to win the lottery that Bob and I are doing, we're reading six books that are becoming movies and six that we think that could never be adapted. And two of those were Gosling movies. And one of them just like Gosling just dropped out of, but like the reason we picked the book was because it was going to be a Gosling movie. And I feel like, you know, everyone who's just like, I'm a movie star. It's just like, you know, there's a blizzard or there's COVID or there's a production shutdown or just like their wife has a baby or like any, any number of reasons. They just like get, they swapped out or whatever, like their best friend makes a movie. Who knows? But like, I think there's like lots of swapping, but it is weird to all the points you just said. I think it's weird to have Keanu in a role that's overshadowed by Momoa. I think it's yes. weird to have Keanu rumored for so long and then just like gone entirely. Like it just it's it's strange. And I still want Keanu there, but who knows? Yeah, I think that he has another he has another spot in the fact. It's not like this this idea is going right. to go away. Plus, so. Alden Shaw too, right? Just Exactly. Do that. This is on Polygon Fast Time was so big it had to be run like a TV show. I think I mentioned this briefly with on the Mike episode, but Louis Atterio was explaining that he approached Fast 10, both part one and part two is how they describe it here, the way he would run a TV show instead of the way he would direct a normal movie. Quote, I took the script I had and broke it like I would break a season of TV, then built a storyboard with post-its. Yellow was Vin, blue was Michelle. I saw the balance between characters moving post-its around. Oh, not enough cipher. Seems like too many blah, blah scenes. Then I balanced it. That's a cool thing. I like that. It did feel like it, it was cut nicely in that sense. You yes. got like a little reprieve, a little cipher. Like he made, he did balance it. It wasn't heavy in any one sector. And he said that he was his goal was to push it toward the ultimate end of the franchise, not just this one movie. Quote, this one, I was like, we need to know where the franchise ends because we're so close to the end. When we know where we're ending, let's see those elements that will bloom into it. If and when you watch it again, you'll see a lot of sequences on lines and cutaways to photos and props and actions, and they'll look simple, but they mean a lot now and will mean even more later. Well, Lewis, boy, do I, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yeah, and we said that he was using a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah. So now we, and now we know to like totally look for it no matter what. Mm Mm-hmm. And He's the, really into that. The only other news that I have is how fast 10 composer Brian Tyler remixed Swan Lake for Jason Momoa's villain theme. Instead of creating a dark energy theme, Tyler says, I went for alluring. That's interesting. Okay. Dante is charming. He makes you laugh. So I used high strings and such as a harp. And then we get into this bass music with modern instruments. It gives you this feeling that you can't look away. There's a sense in his music of empathizing with him and why he becomes the villain. It's the third chord in his theme. This is also a thing for Nico. Maybe I'll save this for Nico. Save it for Nico because that does that. My brain likes it, but I it doesn't make any sense to me either. Yes, we'll save that. Thank you. And I'm gonna say Kevo. 
Infinity War question mark? Nico BT music question mark? Yes. Mm-hmm. Lots of news. Any other news that you had seen in the last couple of weeks that we have not covered? Because we talked about a lot of news in different episodes. I think we talked about it with Mike. All the stuff that I wanted to talk about that was news-wise, I talked about with Mike in the last episode. So listen to that. Good. Cool. Joe, I asked it before. I'll ask it again. Is Dwayne Johnson in Fast 10? Yes. Do you remember a time when you're like, definitely no. not. Stop It'll asking always the be no. And we we should just retire this question. Yeah. But he back. Yep, he's back. So I guess I can I can get rid of. Do I do I strike from my notes? Do I strike from the 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 run of we show? We have to ask if he's in eleven because that's what's going to get interesting. Perfect. Updated from fast ten to eleven. Joe, extracurricular activities aside from spending half of your waking hours talking about fast ten with me. What have you been up to in the last three weeks? Joey is correct. He's made sure that every last free second I've had has been spent talking to him about Fast 10. And we got but, another two hours tomorrow. No, probably not two hours tomorrow, but we got more tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I was actually at my uh, work conference, my annual work conference. Mm-hmm. So I was in D.C. I got to go down and actually stay at um, Rachel's parents' house with them and got to see them and visit them. Uh, have some dinners with them, uh, got to see a bunch of other people because it's our work conference. I got to see a bunch of people that I used to work with. Mm-hmm. They all usually come in and come to uh, our reception party that was on Sunday night. Uh, so that was awesome. It was just good to see a bunch of like, you know, people that I know and have met through over throughout the years now and uh, revisit that. So uh, between that and like being there all day, doing the stuff at night, eating with them, recording with Joey, I've been super busy. I cannot wait to get through the end of this week, but uh, it's been pretty rewarding. And a lot of people, it's fun to talk about Fast 10. This isn't a bad thing. It's just bad that it overlapped. So, And I uh, do think, happens. as you and I have talked about off mic, the way that we're doing it now, like it's a lot of recording, but we're not seeing a movie. We're not getting burnt out on the movie in a way that like every three weeks, like just long enough that you can forget everything about the thing, right? It's like much, I'm much, much better this way. I think yes. so. Anything else that you've, any movies you've seen, anything else you've done, anything else you've I've been? literally had zero seconds to do anything Alexa, else besides, stop. besides talk about Fast and the Furious. Cool. And try to spend some time with family. It was, but it was good. So it's all family, either Fast 10, oh. It oh. was all family, all family, a new family, work family, old family. Something I said made A-L-E-X-A bring up all the Fast and Furious movies on my Fire TV, so she, she was helping. She was. She's family. She is. Well sort of in the last three weeks so like right after we recorded the last fast lane i went down to atlanta you mentioned matt before did not see matt because matt was out of town but i went down to atlanta for a shaky knees music festival so i flew down on thursday the fourth saw a couple bands that night the festival was friday saturday sunday which was great i'll get back to that in a second monday i went to the world of coca-cola which was cool had some good food went to jr crickets which joe recommended because the show atlanta Oh, I love JR Cricket so much. You got the Dirty Bird Wings? Sure did. Delicious. I was I was super pro Lemon Pepper Wets. That's what they refer to in the show, and they are very, very good. But remind me, the Dirty Birds are Barbecue half lemon pepper. and Lemon Pepper. So good. Delicious. Once Yeah, so last time I was there, I asked the waiter, hey, uh, we're going to get some Lemon Pepper Wets. We're going to get some barbecue. What do you recommend? And he said... Honestly, I really like the Dirty Bird. Those are my favorite. And we said, give us some of those too. And he's like, well, it's kind of just barbecue and lemon pepper wet mixed together. And we're like, 
Fair enough, bud. Give us those and give us some buffalo. Yep. And that's what we did. Perfect. Delicious. Yep. Then on Tuesday of that week, I hung out with Mr. Mark Hoffmeyer down in Atlanta, which is very exciting. We went out and got food. We got barbecue. We got beers. And then he drove me to the Braves game. He did not join me for the Braves game, but it was very cool to see Mark in person. He's a real person. He's very tall. And we just talked about movies. Of course we did. Because what else are we talk about? Movies and podcasting. And he gave Joe lots of compliments that I passed along to Joe. That's really cute. Uh, I don't get too many compliments, so um, definitely not from Joey, at least. So uh, hearing some compliments was good, but I, you know, you guys know I love Mark, too, so th- it's mutual for sure. Can't wait to see him next time that I visit Matt in Atlanta, and um, I will definitely harass him to not talk about movies, uh, <laughs> but just to just be silly and goofy and weird together. Uh, the music festival was great, though. I think the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs were the, or just, I guess they're just Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, not the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, but they were the best. I think they're the best festival band. I think they're incredible. Uh, Muse was great. Illuminati Hotties were great. Killer Mike was really good. Father John Misty was really good. Flaming Lips are great. I think Flaming are- Lips are always a lot of fun. That's like my super slept on band. People don't talk about the Flaming Lips enough. It's it's never a band that I like. I want to listen to their music at home. But they put on such a great live show that, like, I highly recommend everybody to go see them live. They played if the entirety of style. Yoshimi versus the Battles of Pink Robots. Pink Robots. The entire yeah. album. Cool. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Good for them. Did he do the ball thing? He did everything. Of course right? he did the ball thing. He had the big yeah, pink robots on stage. Cool. Awesome. What a delightful human being. But yeah, it was great. I think, like, festivals, like, what was sort of weird about this festival, like, the one frustration I have about it is that they didn't counter-program the headliners. At the end of the day, if you didn't want to see the Killers, if you didn't want to see Muse, if you didn't want to see the Lumineers, there was no other big-ish artist that you could go see instead. Just like either see this band or leave. He- hear me out. I kind of like that because it filters the crowd. Yeah, but like there's still enough people there and they're all at one stage that like it's still it's not going to you're never going to be like it's never going to be like, oh, like there's so much room for activities like it's going to be crowded no matter what. Like, I skipped the Illumineers entirely. I skipped half of if the you, Killers. Yeah. If you told me the Illumineers were going to be there, I'd be like, I can get out of here before the crowd does. Right, yeah. No, I I did that, which I did. But, like, that also meant I was leaving the festival at, like, 8 o'clock on Sunday night. It just felt like an anticlimactic way to end it. It was just like, oh. Like, the Flaming Lips ended at, like, 7.30 or 8 or whatever they ended at. And they're just like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go back to my hotel room or whatever, because like, I'm exhausted from standing out in the sun all day. Like, I'll get, I'll get a sandwich or something somewhere and just, like, go watch basketball in my hotel room. But, like, I want to see, like, another band. All I hear is is excellent, excellent things, in my opinion. Yeah, but I want more. I want, I want more, but whatever. As I get older, I want festivals to end at 6. They should go from, like, 2.30 to 6. That's just a concert. Everybody that's, what, that's, what the, that's what a concert is. And every no, because the concerts end way too late. It should end at two thirty to six, and everyone should leave at five. So by the time that I go to leave, there's no one else there. That's that's my optimal festival. Jeez, you experience. are so old. It's you're so old. Yes, I did buy tickets to a festival that's here coming up in like September. In and the, I was in, like, in New Haven. Yeah, it's called Sound on Sound. Okay. Uh, Chili Peppers are playing, and I was like, Rachel, we should get. VIP tickets because there's chairs in the VIP and she agreed so we were like we will get there early to sit in a chair and not move all day to not have to do deal with anyone so you might not like her but Margot Price is paying playing that Sunday and she's awesome 
She's a. I think I'm only going Saturday. I only bought a one day ticket. Whatever day the. Uh, it's Chili Peppers and a bunch of bands I don't know, and then also Lord Huron. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. I get back from Atlanta on a Wednesday. My mom, who was house sitting for me, flies home that Thursday. That's Saturday. My sister flies up because on Sunday she and I went to see Taylor Swift in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it was bananas. It was incredible. It was like one of the best, if not the best, show I've ever seen. It was. Three and a half hours long. I saw a tweet that said it's like a Super Bowl halftime show that's as long as the entire Super Bowl. And it's accurate. Like, it's so produced, so good. She plays 45 songs. She kills it. I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan. I really like her music. But I was like, this is amazing. Like, I couldn't have asked for anything more. It was incredible. I'm very glad you had fun. You would never go. Not in my fucking nightmare last on in hell i will be at a taylor swift concert there's something very special and i know that like you like i was on the floor for this because my sister and i spent a stupid amount of money although i will say the cheapest tickets because she's as we record this this weekend she is playing at metlife in new jersey and the cheapest tickets in the entire stadium were in the nosebleeds were more than we paid for the floor which is just that's awesome that's cool i like that yeah there is something very special, and it's not only Taylor Swift. I think anybody who does like a stadium show like this, but there's something very special. Something really special about 40,000 white people together at one time? About being surpri- surrounded by people who care about a thing so much, and it means so much to them, and know all the lyrics to all the songs, in a way that like, like I saw Guns N' Roses at MetLife, and I'm like, this is fine. Like They put on a really good show, but I'm like, I don't really care about their music. I know you've seen Bruce in big stadium shows I'm and going to Paul see McCartney. I'm going to see Bruce yeah I'm going to see Bruce I have never seen Bruce but yes Paul McCartney the who I've seen like a bunch of I, I get the yeah Paul McCartney live is fire like I think yeah. that's something that like I mean Paul McCartney maybe is a little bit different but I feel like for a lot of those people just like I, I want to see all these classic rock acts before they retire but like for so many of these people and I, I'm, I'm not including myself in this group her music has meant so much to them for like literally their entire lives that like to, for them to see her touring for the first time in five years and touring you know, four new albums or whatever just like there was such energy and it was just cool to be a part of something that felt bigger cool yeah that was mother's day then four days later fast 10 heard of it we did a bunch of episodes yep i mean that's a lot that i've done i've that's got my a lot, family dude. barbecue this weekend i'm trying to see what else what movie past movies i don't feel like i haven't really seen what was our last last minute was on the second what have i seen in theaters since then fast 10 of course hypnotic i saw yesterday with ben affleck it's the robert rodriguez movie which is dumb fun i think you would probably enjoy it it's dumb and crazy and like kind of like it's just like twist on twist on twist but like i kind of love it for that reason um so it's got to be on it's going to be streaming very soon because it goes in theaters for like a week and a half i don't think anybody saw it I recommend Hypnotic because Robert Rodriguez is great. But the other movie I want to talk about, which I don't think you're going to like, but maybe... uh, No, you probably won't. But there's a movie called Sick of Myself, which I talked about very briefly on uh, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, which is a Norwegian movie, which I absolutely adore. Vinegar Syndrome just did a release of it, but it's like this like fucked up comedy, dark, dark, dark comedy um, about a girl who like takes pills... Uh, to give herself a gnarly skin condition to sort of get sympathy from her friends and just hopefully go viral on social media. So um, 
I loved it. I think it's incredible. I think it's one of my favorite movies of the year. And I recommend, if you don't mind seeing a Norwegian movie, go see Sick of Myself, because it is really, really good. But that's it. Now I'm prepping for my barbecue this weekend. And that's fine. hopefully my fridge actually gets here and, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. You're still waiting for your fridge. That's right. <sighs> it's not coming, dude. It's I know. just concede. Well, it moved from Friday up to Tuesday, but that's neither here nor there. But Joe, the final thing to do before we wrap up this very long, our longest Life in the Fast Lane yet, is the Fast and the Furious Minute, Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 87, the title of which we'll figure out soon. <laughs> We got him going west on beach. Roger that. I've got him. Customs has a fix on two cars going west on beach. Roger. Follow those cars. Roger that. In this minute, Brian and Roman's cars continue to race away from pursuing police. Bilkins radios their location to helicopter pilots who continue to close in on the cars. Their cars continue to weave through the streets of Miami, eventually winding up and getting boxed in near the water. Bilkins expresses his his dismay at their impending capture. Brian and Roman's car doors open and a knee-high booted leg steps out as the minute ends. And I don't have a lot of notes in this minute, but I do want to say this is one of the all-time best ending shots we've ever had. Ever, ever, In a Fast and Furious minute. Because you don't see Suki. You see Suki's leg and Suki's big-ass boot. And it rules. Like, I was so excited that it ends here. Because you can use it as a screenshot. It's beautiful. I love it. But Joe, you were so close. I hope you finally, I hope you got some some stuff here. But what did you find? Did you actually get any kind of closure on the things you were digging? No. Okay, so I, I was getting so many fucking pieces of this, and I can't figure it out. I even went back. So in this minute, we see them pass the Industrial Sewing Machine Supply Company. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist anymore in Miami, or at least there's no record of it existing. Um, there's a new one, apparently, that's like not anywhere near where the street sign is because it's also on Northwest 23rd Street. Okay. And I was like, okay, maybe I can use the street sign and kind of figure out where it is. Northwest 23rd Street runs the whole fucking way across Miami. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because mm-hmm. I know the one end of that street is closed. What I didn't know is if the street adjusts, they just move 23rd Street up or down in Miami. Does that make sense? The you movie know what I'm did saying? Or Miami or like it actually like goes up and down. The street goes up and down. So if you're like here and then there's like some kind of blockage, the next like little bit north or street is also Northwest 23rd <laughs> Street. And then if it goes down a little bit, that's also Northwest 23rd Street. So I was like, I could just look for a T and I'll find the end where this is. Mm-hmm. I I Google Maps my whole ass across Miami, found nothing. 
And and I'm also looking for a building which may or may not exist anymore, right? So I'm like, I'll just take a look and spin around on every corner. Yep. None of the buildings look the same as the one that's there. So because this is I this got, is Miami from 20 years ago, which is just crazy to think about. Like I want to I want to I want to put reframe yes. into context that like you are trying to find a 20 year old possibly still there building of a company that possibly was there but is no longer there. In like a rapid, like every city is like rapidly changing, but like in a rapidly changing city like Miami, like it's just like, if you're able to get any actual answers, like it, it feels like a miracle. Yeah. And I at least even knew that they were in. The, so then I was like, okay, I know that they're in the fashion district and like where we were in the last one. So I looked up some of the addresses of the last ones, went back and was like, okay, it's probably in like this block, mm-hmm. right? Like, or like this, like square of like 30, 40 street corners, nothing. I don't fucking know. I can't tell you where it is. Damn. I can't tell you what the company is. I just know what the sign says. Whatever, whatever. You know what I'm it glad sucked. though. You know what I'm glad. What? No phone number. Yeah, there's no phone number on the door. It's also like the only shot you get of it is aerial and from an angle. So like you can't really read what the side of the building says mm. too. It definitely says new and used, and then there's list. And I think it's list of uh, sewing machine companies, but unclear. I do okay. also want to say. I watched Mark's. I don't know if you watched. I know that like everybody's just like, did you see this thing about the stats of the furious or whatever? Like whatever the exact fan door is. And we're like, yeah, we know Mark. I don't know if you watched that video, but it, his work, his details made me think like, oh, we're doing like a shitty job on the minute. Like he's so specific. It's like number of butt shots, number of this, number of that. Like he, you know, he's so, I mean, he's looking for very specific things, like very Mark things, but like, yes, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. so good at what he does. Then I'm just like, should we be tracking these too? And like, the answer is probably, but you know, we do other things. We focus on other stuff here at Too Fast. We do. One cool thing that I did note though, and I want to pitch you my name for the minute right now. Okay. Inside the door of the helicopter, there is like like an old school like uh, label that just says, forward doors off. Word that I can't read. Okay. 80 miles per hour, 69 knots. So you want to call this minute 69 knots? No, I want to call this minute 80 miles per hour, in parentheses, 69 knots. And I Googled it, and that is the right conversion of miles per hour to knots. That's a real label on the thing. I don't know what that means. I don't know why they have that in the shot, but I think 80 miles per hour parentheses 69 knots is a good title for a minute it means nothing and everything forward door parentheses s off v and doors v and e i don't know that's what i said i thought it said via but i was just guessing i don't know what i'm gonna do after we're done recording i never like i own all these movies in 4k i never actually watch them in 4k i just watch the streaming on amazon which i think is maybe streaming in 4k but it's not as nice i only ever put the discs in a player when I just zoom in on bullshit. Like, that's the only thing I ever, like, look yes, at. Yes, yeah. Like, Lance Barnaby or this. So I will look, because I see it now, but I'm going to look on the 4K, because it's going to be clear, and I'll be able to see it on there, um, what it actually says. Also, there's a there's a sign at the end of this minute, as they're turning onto the beach that I can't read either. If you can find out what that sign says, no, no, like, I, I just can't, you can't read it, uh, like, without like really fucking zooming wait when they're like getting boxed in onto the water or like oh when they turn onto that like the beach okay 
Yeah, there's a sign in front of the cops there, and I think it says, like, valet something. Oh, I saw that sign. Yes, I know what you're talking about. But the top word I definitely couldn't read, and it said, like, something and valet something. Maybe something, like, like self and valet parking. I don't know, but I can't. I tried to pause myself, like, and I tried to write that sign down, because I remember seeing that sign, and I was like, I can't, and I gave up Can't read this. Okay, cool. I assume that you were going to try as well, and I'm like, either you'll get it or we can't get it. But I'll look. I'll also look in the minute or in the in the 4K for that. Yeah, if you're like right there, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like one after the other. So because like to to remind people or to let people know who maybe it's their first fast lane or whatever. Like we're watching. Like I have a 1080p version that like I chunked up into minutes that we're just watching. That I converted out in like Windows Movie Maker or something. Like it's just like this is this is like a good copy that's not really that good of a copy. Like it's good enough for what we do but like for like text and stuff like that small text that they didn't want you to see in the movie the lands barnaby of it all i love your minute question though it's, i think you nailed it it's perfect i love it it's Go classic ahead. oh to say that and then i'll and then bullshit. i'll give you another piece of my um research the other answers based on the conversation we've had i know the other answers here but trivia question this is classic first movie Fuck you guys. I've seen this movie a bunch. I have no idea what the answer to this question is. We're not even going to remember. What road and direction do Bilkins, U.S. Customs, and the police track Brian and Roman's cars from the scramble? And the answer, of course, as everyone knows, West on Beach. They say it twice. Twice. They say it twice in the movie. That's why I thought it was fair, because they say it twice. If it was just once, I'd be like, this is bullshit twice and let me still bullshit i think i think 23rd has to be in here somewhere no 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 i have a better thing and let me explain why i have the better answers for this okay i was looking for beach street Mm -hmm. there is no beach street there is no beach road okay there is no beach boulevard in miami but guess what joey there's plenty of beaches that's one two there is ocean drive oh so east on beach so a real bullshit question would be East on Beach, West on Beach, North on Beach, East? South on Beach. No, 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 no. It's yeah, that would East be on worse. Beach, West on Beach, East on Ocean, East on Ocean, West on Ocean, West on Ocean, which does not go east or west, only goes north or south on in Miami. Well, there's a place called Ocean Avenue. What's that shitty song? Is it off Ocean Avenue yeah. or called Ocean Avenue? There's a place called Ocean... Yeah, it's called Ocean Avenue. There's a place off Ocean Avenue where I used to sit and talk with you. We were both 16 and it felt so right. Sleeping all day, staying up all night. That album, or that song came out on my birthday in 2003. What an honor. They were actually my first concert I ever went to, which... Yellow card? Yeah, they played at my college, my my freshman year fall semester. And I'm just like, wow. And then I'm like, oh, I don't like them. But it was so cool to see a concert. What road and direction do Bilkins, U.S. Customs, and the police track Brian and Roman's cars in the scramble? The answer, of course, as everyone West knows. West on Beach. West, West on, on beach. beach. Easy one. Give me. In minute 87, 80 MPH, parentheses, 69 knots. All capital letters. Sweet. That's a great title. That's a great title for the for the episode. It's also going like, really to like a picture it. of Suki's boots and it's going to say 69 knots. It's like, what the fuck? What is, what is going on? Like, I do like that we have had, and we don't have to get the numbers because, you know, nobody gives a shit. And also, I don't want to say, but we've had like our best week of downloads in the history of this podcast. People have shown up, 
people care about the Fast 10 stuff. You guys have been so, so many nice. new fans, new write, write-ins, new tweets, new everything, Everybody, new patrons, you know, everything. People we've been friends with have been like, you know, I was listening to you guys before I even left the theater, like just like awesome stuff. And we're, we've done so much to be like, look, we are your one stop for Fast 10. We've done like three Fast 10 episodes already. We're going to do more. And then we put out this bullshit. <laughs> And it's like that's what I'm saying. No, no, it, I think it, I think it's gonna work. This no, will be intriguing. This, this this episode is gonna be almost all of this is Fast Ten, but you just don't know that from the title. That's fine. Eighty miles per hour, sixty nine knots. Anything else to say in this episode before we pack it up? No, I'm I'm excited to see Fast Ten again at some point, but I'm also doing pretty good still. We're cruising. Yeah, I'm gonna go see now that we're ended a little bit early i'm gonna go see guardians 3 tonight which means unless i go see the little mermaid which i still want to see in theaters the next movie i will see in theaters is fast 10 again which will be good awesome fun hall of fame voting once once again a reminder hall of fame voting is opencageclub.me slash vote please go there and vote vote on the favorite we're inducting characters cars jokes from the show and stunts into the too fast Two forever hall of fame joining dom Brian and Han in there. So please do that. Cageclub.me slash vote. Email in. I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit, but email family at cageclub.me. Once again, one of the best all-time email bags today. Thank you all so much for writing in. I think so too. Yeah, you guys are the best. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for writing in. We love hearing from you. If you have you. more thoughts about these movies or Fast 10 or you want to send your rankings or whatever, just email family at cageclub.me. But for all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash shop come back on friday for fast 10 third gear with heather antos and next week as we kick off lap 13 with the og fast and the furious i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we will tell you all about it when we see you again <laughs>